this morning. Uh, hope everybody's doing well. If you have your Bibles this morning, let's turn together to Romans chapter 8. Continue in Romans. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8, we'll begin with verse 18. I'll start off reading the first two or three verses for you. Verse 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time <clears throat> excuse me, are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage of corruption into the glorious freedom of God's children. Let's pray. Our Father, we do thank you that we have a glorious hope. God, a hope of having put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that we will be with you one day in eternity. Praising you, loving you, enjoying your company and the surroundings. God, our minds can't even imagine what it will be like. Lord, we, uh, we thank you for that promise. We thank you for your encouraging word for us to be your children with all distinction in the world. Lord, we praise you and ask you to have your will and your way in our lives this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. We all uh, experience tough times in our life. Well, some of these young people may not have yet. Just wait. Tough times come to every life, every human being, God knew that it would, and that's why he did what he did, and God spoke to us in his word so that our minds and our hearts might find hope and peace and be prepared for what was to come. And the word encourages us to know that no matter what current sufferings will be relieved by God's revelation of his glory. Look at verse 18. Where I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed in us or to us. Amen. Folks, I want to tell you something. It looks pretty bad sometimes. Now, most of us are, are kind of middle class uh, folks, we we don't want for a whole lot. We don't need for a whole lot. Uh, we go through life pretty much satisfied and full, if you will, <laughs> until I've, I've been full once or twice. Uh, we have hobbies and ambitions. We have a love life. We have a family life. 
we go to school, we have jobs, we do all of those things, and uh, we sometimes run across hard times, and uh, God, God prepared us for all of that, and he said in verse, ten, verse 18, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is coming to be revealed to us. What's he talking about? He's talking about the second coming. Jesus is coming back. And I want you to know, <laughs> I want him to come back while I'm still alive. <laughs> I want to see the reaction of the world when he comes visibly in the air to claim his children. I want to be left just long enough to see the expression on everybody's face and hear the gasp. Because you know when they see Jesus in the air, they're going to grab their mouths and go, <gasps> it was true. Yeah, it was true. He's coming back one of these days and nothing that we can imagine, nothing that we can amass, nothing that we can put together here on this earth compares to the glory that God's going to bring with him when he comes. Hey, and you know what? We get to enjoy that for eternity. It's ours. We put up with a lot. But you know why we're here on this earth and we're living in the flesh? We have to put up with what we have to. We just we need to do that. We need to get that in our mind. Things are not hopeless. Uh, verse 20 says, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in the hope. We have hope. Uh, we, don't, we don't need to fear. Uh, sin messed up God's creation. If y'all hadn't noticed that, <laughs> you know. And we can blame it on Adam and Eve. We can blame it on the devil. We can do a lot of things. It doesn't matter who we blame it on. It happened. And we're living in the results, the consequences of what happened. We can't do anything about that. Uh, sin just messed up God's creation. I can't imagine what the earth looked like with Adam and Eve there in the beginning. A perfect environment. <laughs> can you imagine all of the animals even were in obedience to them. I, I can't imagine what an environment like that must have been. But uh, not only creation was in subjection to the Lord at that time, but man was himself. And you know what? God's got an enemy. I don't know. That's, that's not necessarily us. God's got an enemy. His name is Satan. Lucifer, the ruler of darkness. He doesn't like God, he doesn't like God's creation, and he doesn't like us at all. And he does everything that he can to keep us from being obedient children of the Lord. And we need to take God's word for what it is. God has prepared us for this. He told us it's going to happen. You get ready for it. Now, Sometimes in my human mind, I wonder, why in the world didn't God get us out of that mess then? It would have been a lot easier for him just to say, y'all, come on home, we'll get you out of this. 
and y'all won't have to put up with the devil. I don't know why he didn't. We'll get to ask him one day why he didn't. But he's going to tell us probably because I loved you and wanted you to love me in a way that you didn't know before. Folks, I want to, I want to tell you something. I knew about love, but I'm, I'm like Dave Gartner. It was on an old album that he said, when a 29-year-old boy falls in love with a 49-year-old woman, whoo, dear hearts, that's love. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. When we as human beings, as sinful in nature as we are, meet and come to understand and accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we experience love, true love, for the first time. We can talk about it. We can run around and, and see people supposedly involved in it and doing all these fun things and sometimes not so fun things. We can, we can talk about love all we want to, but we don't know anything really at all about love until we know Jesus. When we understand that Jesus Christ, God himself, came in the flesh and walked among men here on this earth and gave his life, human life, here on this earth, that you and I might be pardoned of our sin. I mean, that. hey, folks, we've got a God that loves us. There's, you'd give your life for your children, maybe. Soldiers have given their lives for their fellow soldiers. Things like that have happened, but it's rare. Listen. God gave his life for everybody, once for all. As the saved, we have, according to verse 23, we have the Spirit as the first fruits. We also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. We've been saved, folks, and we ought to know it. We ought to have confirmation in our heart between us and the Holy Spirit, that we belong to God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The old devil will creep in there every once in a while. He'll try to make you doubt that. You know, you just need to stop and get quiet somewhere and get with God and let him explain it to you. Once we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, it doesn't make any difference what hell comes at us. We are his, and we are secure in him for eternity. We got to put up with life here on this earth until it's over but after that, we're going to spend eternity with the Lord Jesus and his Father in heaven. I have no idea what that's going to be like, but I can tell you what. I've seen some pretty things here on this earth. Nothing we've got here can compare to what awaits God's children. We've been adopted, and the Scripture says... Our bodies are going to be redeemed. Not just our spirit, but our bodies are going to be redeemed. Now, one of these days, and I think it's when Jesus comes back, oh, it's going to be glorious to see him descending from the air. But folks, I'm going to tell you something. All of the graves of the saints that are in the ground are going to be raptured 
that dust is going to fly off. The dirt's going to go everywhere. Those tombstones, if they're buried under tombstones, if they're in mausoleums, it doesn't make any difference where they are. When Jesus comes back and speaks, come home. Folks, they're coming home. Bodily. According to what I read, bodily they're going to go home. Can you imagine seeing the millions of saints that have died in Jesus Christ being resurrected at one time? And the scripture says then those of us that remain are going to be caught up to be with him in the air as well. That don't make a chill bumps on you. I don't know what will. Makes the hair stand up on me. That's going to be a glorious and a wonderful time. And if we know the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to take part in that. The only way we can miss it is if we reject him while we're here on this earth. Verses 24 and 25 talk about this adoption waiting in the hope of our adoption, waiting eagerly with patience. Now, I'll have to confess, sometimes I wonder why in the world God puts up with this earth. Why he puts up with all the stuff that men do on this planet. Why in the world doesn't he just zap us and get all his people out of here? Why? Because he's loving. And only he knows. You listen to this. Only he knows when the last person alive or to be alive will accept him as Savior. Folks, I believe with all of my heart when the last person on earth to accept Jesus is, accepts Jesus, that's the end. No needing anybody tearing after that. Sky's going to bust open. Jesus is going to come back and get us all. Amen. Young and old, black and white, yellow, red, it doesn't make any difference. He's going to get us all if we've accepted him as our Savior. That's the hope that we have, and we have to wait patiently for it. Sometimes I get impatient. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I'm kind of an impatient person anyway. <laughs> I don't like to wait. I don't like to wait in line when I go to a football game. I don't like to wait in line. You know, I, I, and I'm, I love football, but I don't like to wait in line to get there. Now, I love God, and I love what he talks about heaven's going to be. And uh, sometimes I get impatient and don't want to wait. But I put up with it until he calls my name. Verse 26 says, In the same way, the Spirit also joins to help in our weakness, because we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. Folks, we don't even know how to pray. According to this, if, if I can be so bold, Billy Graham doesn't even know how to pray. My goodness. J. Vernon McGee doesn't even know how to pray. Some of the saints of God that walked on this earth did not know how to pray without the intervention of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit takes control of your prayer life, you got something. Folks, until the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and guides you in how to pray and what to pray and why to pray, 
It's just words bouncing off the ceiling. And there's no telling how many Christians bounce words off the ceiling. How many people in vain lift a word to the Lord, they say. God doesn't want us to ask him for a lot of stuff we don't have. He wants us to, first of all, ask for Jesus. When we get him, we got everything. Amen. Nothing else matters. Now, that doesn't seem that way to us. I like to ride in a car that will get me from point A to point B without worrying whether it's going to break down somewhere in between. I like to have a house that's warm and well-lit and a well-stocked pantry so I can eat when I want to. Y'all tell I don't like to eat too much. Folks, I'm going to tell you, my Lord su supplies my need, and he will supply your needs as well. And folks, as good as he is, he supplies the needs of the heathens as well. Amen. If he didn't supply the needs of the lost, what in the world would they do? The, devils and his, the devil and his angels would come screaming out of hell and grab them all. God is the one that holds all of that back. One of these days when Jesus comes back, that hand's going to be removed. I wouldn't want to be here then. Verse 27 says, And he who searches the hearts knows the Spirit's mindset, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. <laughs> the Spirit knows what we need. And we can pray for stuff after stuff after stuff and pray in vain. The Spirit knows what I need, even if I don't. And he'll ask God if I approach God in the right frame of mind to satisfy the needs that I have. I don't know whether you've ever experienced that or not, but I have. He's done things for me that have amazed me that I didn't know was going to happen. I mean, that's God. <laughs> we like surprise gifts. I'm going to tell you something. The Lord's a surprise gift giver. If we'll just let him, if we'll just obey him, if we'll just ask him. So many times we just don't ask. And, and the scripture says sometimes we ask amiss. We ask for the wrong reason. We don't ask for things to glorify him, but to glorify us. That's not the right prayer. Everything that we pray, directly or indirectly, ought to be about glorifying the Lord. Verse 28 says, We know that all things work together for good to those that love God, those who are called according to his purpose. If you've ever been in a class studied evangelism. That verse was somewhere in what you had to learn. Amen. Romans 8, 28. It's there in every study course I've ever seen about witnessing or becoming a Christian better than before. We know that all things work together for good. That includes the things we consider bad in our lives. God uses even the bad stuff to help us become better. If we'll let him, 
Now, sometimes we're so doggone and resistant to God's will, we're fighting with him all the while he's trying to straighten us out. Now, <laughs> I didn't have this problem when I was growing up because I knew what would happen. But I've seen young ones, little ones, when mama and daddy was going to correct them and paddle that little behind, I've seen them just absolutely have a fit and run and hide and go around and around in a circle. You think my mama would chase me? Uh-uh. She knew I was going to come to the table tonight. She didn't run after me. But I'm going to tell you something. When I do that little circle routine around and around, the longer I went, the longer she went. Now, you know, it doesn't take a boy very, very long to figure that out. Best thing to do is stand still and take your medicine. Well, God loves us that much. And the best thing that we can do when we come across these difficulties in life is ask him, what's going on? What's going on? What do you want me to learn from this? What do you want me to know? Not necessarily what have I done, but what are you trying to teach me? Because he always uses things like that in our lives to teach us. We talk about teachable moments with our children. Folks, we have teachable moments with the Lord all the time. And we need to learn what he's trying to tell us and what he's trying to do for us. He's the one that searches the hearts. And he knows our mindset. And he intercedes for us. And we know that all of this is, is working together for good. Verse 29 says, For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to his, the image of his son, so that he, we would, excuse me, he would be the firstborn among many brothers. Now you want to know what predestination is? There it is. That's just, hey, it's just a simple Simple thing. And I've seen pages and pages and pages written in theology books about predestination. Look right there. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. God knows who's going to be saved and follow Jesus and be conformed to Jesus' image. He knows that. He knew that from the beginning. Well, why doesn't he save everybody? Because everybody doesn't want to be saved. If everybody wanted to be saved, everything would be all right. But Adam saw to it that that wasn't going to happen. I still say we can put some of the blame on Eve. Because when that serpent wiggled up there and tempted her with that fruit, said, you need to take a bite of this. It was so good, she just had to take it to Adam to try it. Oh, it's just wonderful. You need to, you need to try this. And I still say and I don't mean this ugly, but I mean this realistically. He should have ripped off a tree limb and beat her unconscious and waited till God got there in the afternoon and said, that nair's broke. Give me another one. But he didn't do that. What did he do? He looked at that juicy fruit and he took a bite. Thank you, Adam, very much. And all of mankind has suffered since. God's foreknowledge has so much to do with predestination. Just because God knows it doesn't mean that it has to happen that way. 
just means that it's going to happen that way. It's already happened that way. There's nothing anybody can do about it except get right with God. Everybody that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior is predestined for hell. That's just, that's a fact. And if we're a Christian living outside of the will of God, it's predestined for us to suffer pain and hardship and to have a mindset that wonders why in the world is all this happening to me? I'm a Christian. God's foreknowledge has a, a lot to do with who we are and how we live. Verse 30 says, And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Hallelujah. We're predestined. If we accept Jesus, and God knows who will, we're predestined. I can't explain all that to you. I'm not that smart. I don't know why God chose some and God didn't choose everybody else. I don't know. God chose to choose those that would choose him, and he knew who would and who wouldn't. He just, that's smart. But I'm going to tell you something. When he predestined us, he called us. All would listen, all who would listen. He justified us. He took all of the trash and the filth and the dirty lives that we live and he cleansed it and he made it pure and holy thereby glorifying us because nothing short of the glory of God is going to enter into his kingdom folks it may appear that a lot of church members a lot of Christians are not very glorious today God is going to make sure they're glorified before they get to his kingdom for sure all of this is fulfilling the will of God. Verse 26, you remember, says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Every one of us who has accepted Jesus as our Savior, young and old, in between, smart, dumb, good-looking or ugly, doesn't make any difference who you are, where you're from, anything else. If you accept Jesus Christ, you'll be glorified one day by him and God knew who would and who wouldn't be saved and again I'm going to sit around the throne one of these days and when it comes my turn to talk I'm going to try to get some clarification on that I, that just it amazes me that a God of love and a God of mercy would choose some and not others but again I say because he knew who would choose him first. One thing to be a church member, one thing to call yourself a Christian, another thing to live for God. Amen. Question is, today, what, did he, what does he know about you? <laughs> what does he know about us? Do we have the assurance of an eternal life with him or an eternal death in hell? What do we know? That question's in our heart and our mind. That's a question we have to answer every day. And if we don't have the right answer, it's going to be bad on us one day when Jesus comes back. Get that straight, okay? Uh, let's stand and have a word of prayer. And uh, 
You talk to the Lord. You let him decide for you what you need to do. I don't want you to do what I want you to do. I want you to do what God wants you to do. I hope I never ask anybody to do something that God doesn't want them to do. In my younger days, I've led enough astray. And I don't want to do that anymore. Okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege that we have to be your children. God, if there's anybody here today who doesn't know you as their Savior and the free pardon of sin, God, I pray that they would turn to you today to find some help and be led to saving knowledge of Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you and we thank you for all your blessings, your love and your watch care. We pray, God, continue to take care of us and guard us and protect us until you come. Lord, we just uh, we lift these prayers up to you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Folks, I'll be at the back. If there's anything you want to talk to me about, you uh, let me know, and uh, we can have some time together, okay? Some people are